Welcome to the second viewing where we view things twice so you can listen once. I'm Dan. I'm Kyle. Hello everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, this is what we're doing every second week. We're back at it. And as you know, or may not know, this is the podcast in which we view things twice. And because of that, we like to take a, take a look at a movie for the second time around and determine whether it is worth your time to check out what was better, what was worse the second time around. We do all that fun stuff here. All that fun stuff here. Um, all but, the goods, all the treats, But all the, the way we're trying to start um, all these shows off now is just chatting a little bit because we, we know we're trying to catch up. Trying to catch up what's going on. Well, actually, world. I'd be interested to know. Um, listen, okay, so recently I've been watching, uh, and I've been watching Jessica Jones. The Marvel show. The Marvel show on Netflix. Um, because I've heard good things, uh, and because the first time I tried to watch it, I fell asleep in the pilot. Beautiful. Um, good sign. <laughs> that's what I always say. <laughs> um so I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on any of the Marvel series if you've peeped game. Um, I mean, I hate to bore you. No, haven't watched <laughs> one of them. I haven't seen anything. All right, like, and I'd hate to bore you as well. So I'd say, don't bother. <laughs> okay, man, that's funny. So okay, well, tell me what you don't like about it. Like, I mean, maybe don't spoil it for me because I okay. might peep game one day. Yeah, but let okay. me know what you don't like. I guess. Well, I can do, I can do that. Okay, so um, uh, the maybe the first thing I don't like, and this isn't speaking for all of the Marvel se- Marvel series that are available on Netflix, like Daredevil, and there's I think there's maybe Luke one Cage. more. Yeah, Luke Cage. In there's addition one, to Jessica Jones, Iron Fist or some shit. Oh, uh, like Iron Fist. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. So, uh, not to throw any shade or to um, you know for big fans out there, I'm not, I'm not saying this to get on your nerves. I promise. Um, but I, I, I think one of the biggest things I didn't like about Jessica Jones was, um, first of all, the script writing was uh, seemed very dry. Like, it seemed very dry. In what way? Like, is it like just like not? Is it like too serious? You mean, or like? Um, <laughs> it, uh, it's it's not necessarily too serious. It's more or less that um, it doesn't. It doesn't convey a lot of emotion, to be honest. I mean, okay, so first of all, Jessica Jones, the main actress, uh, when she attempts to cry, um, it makes me want to cry, and not because it's emotional, but because it's sad. Dude, this this is a hot take, because I've heard almost nothing but praise on Jessica Jones. Really? So, okay, okay, fair enough. Uh, uh, Personally, a a lot of it comes down to the main actress. She's played in some other shit that I can't remember. Um, Honestly, I know what you mean. I don't really Um, like her a lot. But some generic TV show that I can't remember. She always seemed like the B-side of like a Zoe Deschanel. Yes. She never could quite be Zoe Deschanel. Yes, which in reality is like a fucking C actress, right? I don't mind Zoe. The B side of a of a Zoe oh, Deschanel. Yeah, yeah. So she's like a C. C. Maybe even a D, depending on your day. Well, actually, right? at yeah. this point, I guess she's probably a B. People so I gotta like say, first and foremost, uh, it took a while for me to get past her. Um, it took a while for me to care about the plot. Um, I do, however, like that it does. You know, Jessica Jones being, um, and I really have not a lot of history or background on Jessica Jones. I don't know if it does come from a comic or not, or where it might come from, or anything like that. I know very little about Jessica Jones, period. Um, but I do appreciate that uh, the villains do seem um, not fucking overwhelmingly powerful right. uh, it seems reasonable it seems it seems as though even though she has superhuman abilities uh they're not 
she's still human. It she seems, uh, you know, it doesn't seem too far. It's like, yo, Superman's got superhuman abilities. That guy's fucking near invincible. Right. Like a you pull a you pull a gun on that dude. Fuck. You're done, though. You're done. Okay. You pull a gun on Jessica Jones, and it's still a very real encounter. You try to fight Jessica Jones, she might have some serious strength, but. It's She's still a very real encounter, so I like that part about it. I think uh, but for the most part, I, I gotta say, I re- I I didn't really, um, I I had a hard time pressing on. Interesting. I think like I guess the part you like, I think, is a common thread throughout the rest of like the Marvel shows on Netflix. They're all kind of the more realistic of the bunch. Okay. Okay. I guess maybe, like, even Daredevil. Like, yeah, sure, he is a superhero, but. In terms of superpowers, like... It is a very realistic superpower, like, to have some deadly aim. Yeah, well, like, you're blind, so all your uh, senses are heightened, and, like, you're, you know... I Yeah, I feel like of all the superpowers, that is maybe one of the more realistic. I guess Batman, too, if you really want to go there, but that's not Marvel. I don't know. I guess, like... Batman's superpower is money, right? <sighs> yeah, so is Tony Stark's. That's, like, always the comparison, right? Right fucking dumb honestly this all they're all dumb <laughs> i haven't seen any of I, I haven't seen any that like i've been meaning to like definitely um jessica jones and luke cage would be the only ones that have kind of interested right. me i'm just not a daredevil guy i heard the show's good i'm sure it's fine i just, just didn't care to check it out to be honest with you yeah but i mean in all honesty uh with what you just said i don't think i'll be checking out jessica jones anytime soon to be honest <laughs> well listen hey man uh, like we've talked about before in recent casts i've been watching a lot of tv lately so right. i've been i've been running into a lot of dilemmas where but tv on netflix is kind of different because it's all at once in a way you know yeah in some respect well, I yeah guess maybe tv watching it's like, like well that. it's like an eight-hour movie i guess which inherently is terrible like Hear me out, guys. A movie should either be an hour and 30 minutes or three hours. Nothing longer, nothing shorter, nothing in between. That's what I believe in, honestly. Like, that's my... Any movie I've ever loved is short and to the point or is, like, twice as long and tells, like, a really nicely cohesive uh, story arc. American Honey, check that guy's out. Um, I, I don't know, but, okay, so an eight-hour t- eight movie, I guess like a miniseries, right? A lot of these things are miniseries now, rather than, like... Yeah. I mean, it's a whole nother uh, confusing set. Kind of like Game of Thrones-ish, I guess. Like Game of Thrones is like this big fucking epic. I do like Game of Thrones, though, to be honest. Yeah, me too. That's a good show. Um, Some seasons are better than others, but, you know. Well, it's... it's Okay, well, something like Jessica Jones is very try-hard in that realm. Um, it does cater to an audience that I don't think is me. Okay. Uh, so well, that's I, fair, then. Yeah, so I would say that, you know, I'm maybe not the best person to judge it. Um, one of these days we got to get someone in on here who like just loves comic books. I want to pick their brain because like, it would be I interesting. Don't get it. Yeah. Like, this is not in my mind. It's like, I, I like comic books, but I am, I'm no expert. I'm definitely oh, well, I not. I guess I should say comic book movies or the comic book, um, adaptations. That too. Like, uh, a good buddy of ours, Diego, uh, from the terror table, the terror table. um, I know he's very much into into Marvel movies and right. stuff like that. Well, I think, like, yeah. I mean, well, it's why it's huge. Like, it's obviously huge. People love the shit. I mean, we've talked about this on the show, like, a million times. We're not into it. You guys don't know that by now. We just, we try. Fuck we no, really try. But shout out to Logan. It was the best one so far. Bye-bye. I totally agree. Um, um, one thing I guess I'm, I'll mention is, like, I've seen a few flicks since we've met. Um, besides the ones we've covered, of course. Um, like, Free mm-hmm. Fire and the fate of the furious both good movies as far as i'm concerned dude also fairly recently watched so what have you watched since then? okay well i watched personal shopper with kristen stewart you, you did get to fucking see that i i downloaded it 
I, I sorry guys, I did is there, that. Is there a good download out there? There is a good one out there. I got. I'll give I mean, okay. I'll give it that. I mean, um, hear me out, personal shopper. Like it's, it's pretty good. Like it's a. Right. It's it's a movie that like teeters in the middle of like whether it wants to be like a horror movie or whether it wants to be a drama, but like on purpose, like in the narrative. Okay. And like that's like the movie's strong suit, but it's also its weakness in my mind because. Because of that, you're kind of left just feeling in the middle, not really knowing how to feel. And it also has to sum up in a, one of the two yeah, ideas. Ah, but no? that's that's the thing is that that's kind of its strength is because at the end, you're kind of left feeling like, oh, what's going on? And it's kind of like a, a shock, but also it makes you more involved with the movie. And that's what I really like about it. But at the end of the day, it's like it kind of needed to elevate it somehow. And it, it just didn't do that for me. But I would like to, maybe if you checked it out, see what you thought about it because it's pretty interesting. Um, well, it's been something I've, I've been wanting to watch. I would recommend it. Sure. Like honestly, Kristen Stewart's getting better and better as the fucking days go by. She's really pulling her own in terms of acting. Kristen Stewart is awesome. Like she's killing it these days. Like lately, I, I I really like. What say what doing. you want about her. Don't get me wrong. Twilight is terrible shit. But like she's she's doing well. It's one of my favorite movies, Kyle. Interest. Have you I seen the Twilight Breaking Dawn Part Two? Also, again, like. One of my favorite movies, Kyle. Dude, honestly, that movie is... It blows my mind that movie exists. It's almost... It's actually almost as wacky as Fate of the Furious in a way. <laughs> like, the way... Like, it's like... It makes it makes a fool of the audience. Yeah, but they only had three movies or four movies up until that point. They didn't have seven. That's a good point. I mean, like, month. if there was eight Twilight movies, I feel like I would have off myself by now, though, unfortunately. And I never would have got to see the eight one. Or there's, the there's some teens that would... Go um, off that I also saw Train Spotting Two or T Two Train Spotting. Did you? Yeah. Um, I almost watched that last night. Actually, it's pretty good. Like, have you seen the first one? Uh, yes, I have. Yeah. Um, like it's, I don't know. It's it's cool because it's kind of how I think these like, ten year later sequels really should be making movies this way. I think it's a really good example of how using a source material and just fucking owning it, like not trying to do something crazy or try to like, you know, one up it. It's more like, okay, who's watching this are fans of the movies. People making it are fans of the movie. And we're just going basically, some would say they did the same thing over again. And I would agree, but that was kind of the point. And the movie knows that. And it, that's okay with me. Yeah? It's a fine with me. And, and honestly, it's, it's, I would recommend it. if you're a fan of the first one, I think you'll definitely enjoy it because you're going to be like excited to see the same characters. And that's, that's a common complaint we would have like on movies like Beauty and the Beast. It's kind of like, all right, so you tried to do the same thing in live action. Why did you change it? My like, it was already good. My like, yeah, like that's it was my, still good. My opinion's kind of changed on that in the way that I'm, I'm more negative about it now <laughs> because I just think I just generally don't agree with like the fact that it was made yeah i just generally don't think it should exist but right. that's nonetheless t2 i'd recommend actually I, I have uh brief reviews for both those movies up on the letterbox you guys can check us out on uh, letterbox.com slash tsv i'm always throwing some shit up there every now and then every, every time i see a flick or we see a flick together i put it on there and log it so you guys can take a look that's good and actually it's a good resource for both of us too yeah uh, i know i use it relatively frequently in order just to see like, yo, did Kyle toss a new movie on there? Should I kind of a thing? Yeah. If you have recommendations, so it's a good, it's a good resource just to use, just to see what kind of movie to watch tonight. You know, I, I often a lot get of time stuck in there. I get like in holes of like certain people who just do reviews or like certain like genres. And it's yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a really popular site actually. And I didn't realize so until fairly recently. Yeah. I had no idea. Um, but like I think reads. if you guys read yeah. books a lot, it's like Goodreads kind of. 
Yeah, 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 exactly. I don't read books, but that's just what I've been told. <laughs> um, okay, anyways, so I think maybe we should get into the movie this week. So this week, if you guys haven't seen the title already, you know, is uh, Swiss Army Man. Now, mm-hmm. Swiss Army Man, of course, was another movie that we mentioned in our top ten movies of the year back in uh, back at the beginning of the year there. Right. And, um, yeah, I think this one definitely placed, I think it was number ten for me. It was the teetering moment between this one and the movie we actually covered on the last podcast, Hell or High Water. <coughs> and, um, yeah, so this movie came out in 2016, just last year. Stars uh, Daniel Radcliffe, as well as Paul Dano, who, by the way, I fucking love Paul Dano. Tight guy. And then um, it's essentially a, like, I guess it's a buddy kind of romance. No, I don't want to go romance. A bromance is what I'm trying to get at. A bromance comedy about a man who is basically a human Swiss army knife, and he is able to do these incredible things with his body due to flatulence, because he farts all the time. And... It's a fucking goofy-ass premise. It's a great big fart joke, and um, but it's but it's also... <coughs> it's like a beautiful fart, fart joke. It's a beautiful fart joke. Is what it is. And that's the, true for the entire movie. Uh, from beginning to end, it's, it's flatulence, and it's like... Um, and it's and it, toilet and it, humor in a way. Yeah, and if you can get past some of the more toilet humor moments, and there is a couple, um, and I'd say they play that up, uh, though it doesn't really contain the core of the movie. Like I would say, like if you can get past that, you're gonna fucking enjoy the movie. Right. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't say that it's for everyone. I think there's a lot of people that would probably just think it was blah but i think it's because they went in 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 a fairly risky direction which was um you know uh pushing the limits on a lot of their comedy and i guess this was made by a group of guys who had been most familiar with things like music videos in the past totally yeah and they have a certain style of like this like explosive action where it's like it's kind of like stop motion animated like explosions which is kind of how uh daniel radcliffe uh his body kind of works in this film. That's how it kind of operates. Um, yeah, like you're like you're saying, Daniel. Like it's just a, it's a movie not for everyone, but it's the kind of movie that I think really deserves a second viewing, and that's why we want to watch it again. Because going into this movie, I remember when you saw it, like when it came out, then we were just kind of so so on the concept. Thought the trailer looked a little bit weird, but you know, like cool cast, cool cool pairing. Yeah, I remember sitting in the movie with you, and like maybe like 15 minutes in after, just like nonstop fart shit. And we're both not really big fans of that. I think it's kind of played out. And we looked at each other. We're like, what the fuck is this movie? Is this yeah. going to be good? Like, we don't really know what to expect, but... It's totally true, but it took a turn for... Uh, for the better. Especially in, in, in our minds, because, like Kyle said, we're not, like... We're not... We're not, we, do, we don't go in for fart jokes we're all that too, often. We're all about that highbrow comedy. We're not into this fart yeah. joke shit. We don't watch Family Guy. <laughs> but, um... Uh, but, yeah. it's just... It just it's come to the point where it's kind of like, okay, what else? Well, like it's got to be more. The, what, the reason and it this movie did like, very well for us in that way. The the reason this movie works for me though is because like we always talk about like how movies, like I guess maybe Kong Skull Island. I definitely remember talking about this. It was saying like you either have to go full out goofy or you got to go serious. You can't. You got to pick one or you got to meld the two together. And sometimes it doesn't work. This is a very good example of going all out goofy but keeping a heartfelt story in the film. Right. And it's, yeah. it's the kind of thing where 
like on surface it sounds fucking dumb but and we realize well uh, the the goofiness of the movie and the fart jokes make the plot seem more believable in a way right which almost like provides this weird context for the story where it's uh uh, because of the way that they're building it, um, yeah. sets a standard for the way that you perceive it, and it becomes it, it becomes not just about the fart jokes, and then the fart jokes almost become funny. Uh, if you're a guy who totally doesn't like fucking fart jokes, you're, gonna um, you're totally gonna laugh at a fart joke. It's totally it's it's, it's, it's super true, and it's and it's not because the first fart joke is funny. It's because the setting created by the fart joke or the uh, the world going forward or the setting that makes a fart joke eventually funny. And it's well, I remember the setting even just being so like magical. It really reminded me of um, where the wild things are in a way, or just kind of like dreamlike state. It is very far out, like, especially when they're in the the bus or whatever. Um, yeah, there's like a bus, but the whole thing is it it, it very it escalates very fast. Like looking back at this movie, like it's been a while now, so I'm actually looking excited to see this again. Looking back at it, I just remember the movie like escalating out of nowhere in a way. It was just kind of like it like, took a it it's take it took some big leaps, but it does it in like these cool ways where there's like these little aspects of the film that really heighten it. One thing I definitely remember was like the score was like these little bits where it'd be like chanting what the people were doing, like if they were building a fort, the score would be like saying like building a fort, building a fort, building a fort, building yeah, a yeah. fort, or like to the beat of the drums, like building a fort. I don't really know, like I can't remember exactly, but it was mm. and like little subtle things that I don't know. I would say the odd person maybe wouldn't notice on the first uh, musical section, but come like the third, you're like, what the fuck? They're, they're saying what's going on right now, and it was just these little. It's so an odd narration. It yeah. felt like a really interesting uh, like passion project. You could tell like these guys, uh, Daniel. Sh- Schneidert and Daniel Kwan. They go by the Daniels. Obviously, both named Daniel. That's the point. Never met a bad guy named Daniel, by the way. Um, So, uh, (laughs) just kidding. Uh, And, like, you could tell that, like, this was kind of what they're leading up to. It kind of felt like a... it was their first feature film. It incorporated this certain kind of um, action. It the, yeah, and, it was the slow finish, big finale kind yeah, of mentality. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's cool because they... I don't know, they use humor to tell real stories. And I think, you know, that's what people say. Comedy is just, uh, what is it, like sadness? Comedy is just like a way to talk about dark things in people's lives. But it's easier, it's more therapeutic when it's in a comedy setting. And the best way they could get across the certain story, a heartfelt story they want to tell, was by fart jokes. And that's something, there's some beauty in that, you know? There is something good about that, especially the way that they introduce it. It it would be a totally different story if someone walked on your fucking balcony and just farted for the sake of farting, having not been on camera just between you and him purely. Um, I mean, that could almost be satire. <laughs> well, it's kind of like a, a Terrence and Philip from South Park, right? Where it's just like it, they literally just make a show just about fart jokes. And fart to fart, it, though, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like, um, and I guess I mean whatever. Like it, and, it's yeah. for a younger audience, I would say. Toilet humor. I mean, when you're when you're eight years old, you laugh at that shit. You grow up, and it's not as funny for that certain easier, reasons. Yeah, and things change. But um, then that's also what's beautiful about this movie is kind of it makes you it, it, it turns you a kid for an hour and a half, you know. Like, but it also brings you into the world. It's like it's kind of like remember when you thought this was right. what you did, or remember how things changed, or remember who made you think about it differently. I think that whimsy is maybe like it, yeah, it's like it a, is whimsical. Yeah, that's yeah. a good way to put it because it's it's not blunt like you know we're describing it as a as a guy who shipwrecked and finds a. 
uh, body who is a Swiss army knife in some form of way, but a lot of the time based on his farts and shit. It is- but to be honest, it's, I, I don't know. He's, he's totally more useful than that. And, 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 and his, and, and the flatulence becomes like not cool, only a know? part of him, but yeah, it becomes more real than just a laugh. And it quickly, it's, I guess like, it's one of those things too, where like what we're talking about right now is like how this movie is so much more than it is in face value. But I think it really takes, the movie takes its time because you don't really make that realization till the near the end. Right. And it it does build a very unique world, especially around the two characters, Daniel Radcliffe and, and uh, Paul Dano. And there's really only, I mean, for the most part, two people in this film. Uh, and you get to know them really well, and it, the movie is only an hour and a half, which I remind you is a beautiful time, a runtime to have for. That is a great start. To I finish. love that shit. I love that shit. Um, and they spend the time wisely, and the movie is well paced. It's uh, you know it's well directed. It has a really interesting screenplay, and I don't know. It's one of those. It's a really original film, and I had a coworker who told me that like this is the most original film I've seen in years. Really, th- that's kind of what he said, and like. In all honesty, Those, that's that's huge words. Oh, like, and that's uh, that comes from uh, Gavin. No, no, my boy Mike. Shout out to oh, Mike. Mike. Um, what I gotta say though is like I kind of see where he's coming from because like in the way that what would you compare this movie to? Like what would you? Well, it's a tough comparison to make. I don't know if there really is any. That's what to I mean. Be honest, is that makes it so unique. You know, and I kind of I kind of agree with that honestly. Well, I totally agree with it. I think it's unique. I think it's cool. I think it surprised me in ways I didn't think I could be surprised before. Um, I'd say if I was being super uh, picky, I would say looking at the movie from an outside perspective, having no idea going in what it is, I would probably judge it as a movie that I probably wouldn't care too much to see, right. but I'm super glad I did see it because I think it, uh, uh, it, 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 it provokes a, a, some, some ideas and it works very hard. It works hard I think to the do movie that, yeah. works very hard. I think everyone who was a part of it worked very hard. You can tell there's like love into this movie. Like yeah. it was like, a, like there was really like a level of craftsmanship made into this. And I know like yeah. the, and the, it's not that it's made cheap, but maybe it yeah, costs well, less than some of the I mean, fucking billion it, dollar movies out there. But Hey, it only cost 3 million to make and it, it made 5.1 at the box office. So it, relatively speaking, it was successful. Mm. And I mean, I know for sure that uh, Daniel Radcliffe and uh, Paul Dano took like extreme like pay pay cuts on this. Oh, really? Because they just thought it was a really interesting film, and they really wanted to be part of it. And the the Daniels who directed this really had them in mind while writing, and they were just really wanted them to be a part oh, of it. Oh, okay. And I mean, I think it shows in this film. Like, it's obvious. It that is very very cool. It is very unique. It does have some interesting scenery. Um, I, I guess I wouldn't say I would I necessarily recommend going and tw- watching this with your fucking toddlers. No, it's well, but I don't know. At the same time, it's it's not necessarily uh, graphic or even um, offensive. It's just it doesn't really push the line. I guess too, if you're offended by farting, but then again, it's just like it's such a normal human thing. I think that even if you are offended by like toilet humor from Family Guy or South Park or whatever, you, you fit in. Yeah, like or even if. You're, if you are offended by that, I mean, you might um, actually learn to care for this kind of toilet humor. And it's maybe even not toilet humor. It's just mm. it's really owning a taboo and, you know, placing importance on it. And throughout the film, it makes the viewer feel that way. And I think that maybe the only film's weakness is it just it doesn't really have an audience. And therefore, I don't think a lot of people saw it. <laughs> That's well, kind of what uh, I yeah, think. marketing, I think, came down 
to a huge part of but how would you like how do you fall in success well it's not that it wasn't successful just that it was mildly successful and it could be have been successful um so i don't know i think timing comes into play a little bit um experience and the people backing you comes into it a little bit well if you have daniel radcliffe Um, in your film like that's a big thing right you know and it is and but i but i also have trouble saying daniel like i have trouble picturing daniel radcliffe clef come up to me being the director of the film and going listen i got a guy from chicago he's gonna do a thing for us we got to be there on october 1st and we got to make sure this thing happens i don't know I, i i have a hard time like I'm sorry. What are you saying? <laughs> what are you saying? Like, uh, I'm. I guess I'm kind of saying that I have a hard time uh, picturing that uh, the, the 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 connection between um, Daniel Radcliffe or maybe some of the actors in this movie and its success. I have a hard time uh, seeing them go out of their way to make sure it's successful, or using right. using their connections to make sure. I have I have a easier time picturing them using their skills and talents to do it and putting their heart into it, then I have a, a, a time seeing their, uh, seeing them um, sort of accentuate their, their, um, their connections in the business. Okay. Well, I don't so know. I think it's like, more honest than anything. But I think you can still make an honest film with using your connections to get a movie out there. I mean, ultimately you want people to yeah. see it, right? Yeah, totally. And I don't know. I, I mean, yeah. I don't know these guys personally, but I mean, Daniel Radcliffe to me has always been stuck in the bubble of always being Harry Potter so I feel like the chance <laughs> when he gets a chance to do Slowly something. Slowly making his way out. Yeah. Like, he had another movie before this. Like Horns or some shit or like oh, yeah, a horror right. movie he was in or the F word. He's been in a lot of movies. Honestly, all pretty bad. This would be the first. None that I've actually seen. This is this the, would first be the first thing I've, I've seen. seen post Harry Potter that I thought was great from him. I don't think he's even a bad actor. He just hasn't been in many good films since, unfortunately. In fact, right. he's been decent in those movies. It, they just haven't been very good movies. This right. on their hand, I don't know. It's pretty good. Also, Paul Dano is just one, actually is low key one of my favorite actors. I love the guy. He's fucking killer. And um, there will be blood. He's great in Little Miss Sunshine. Um, I just like the guy. I think he's awesome. <laughs> he also looks exactly like Mike, the guy uh, who said this movie was really original. And I always call him Paul Dano. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but he, um, ge- he genuinely puts a puts a good effort into this flick. He totally does. And I mean, I think we're gonna have more thoughts on the second viewing. We're gonna take a break right here, guys. We're gonna watch the film for a second time. We're gonna come back with our thoughts. If the film was better, if it was worse, if you guys haven't seen the film yet, please be sure to check it out if you like. And then you can come back and see our thoughts, listen to our thoughts, whatever's best for you guys. Anyways, we'll see you guys at the break. And we're back. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. We just took a quick little break there to let you guys have a moment to go and watch Swiss Army Man, which we did as well. Obviously, you know, we're here to talk about our second viewing thoughts of the show. We told you guys what we thought our first time around seeing this film about a year ago. And now we're just going to we're gonna introduce, I guess, what was different this time around, what was better, what was worse, our general feelings. I have a lot of notes on this movie, more than I thought I would, to be honest, but that doesn't necessarily mean there'll be a lot to talk about. So we'll see how this well, discussion goes. I, I, I want to mention right off the bat that I think my thoughts on the first time around are, are a little bit different now, having watched it again, for sure. Interesting. Um, I, I think it, it seemed more complete, and maybe the, the flaws in the movie seemed a little bit more obvious, almost. Right. Um, yeah, totally, yeah. Not that there was a ton or anything like that. Still a good movie, absolutely. Um, I think... Uh, 
I, I'm going to stick with our gut feeling on this one. I know when we watched it in the theaters um, for the first time, we had both kind of felt that the fart jokes were kind of like, uh, you know, that's enough. Yeah. Or it came to a point. Like, I think by the end of the movie, I, grew, I had grown accustomed to it. But I want to stick after the second viewing with my gut opinion that I think... I'm just not into the fart jokes that much. I think it was good, but I didn't think it was like, it didn't fucking drive it home. I liked right. the way it ended on the fart joke, but I also, just because it began pretty much with the fart joke, but we got to trust your I guy. I think it was a little bit too much. I don't know. For some reason that didn't really resonate with me. The, the Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to trust your gut or your bowel in this case. Am I, am I right guys? Uh, you know, I actually, I'm a little different, I think, to be honest, cause like I really didn't notice the fart jokes as much this time around. And I think it's because it is kind of, the film does get to that point where, um, so much is happening that like you kind of can't take a moment to really get that upset about it or even take a moment to find it funny to the point where they're just another aspect of the movie, at least for myself. Well, but I will also agree with you, though, that, like, at the beginning, it is still stupid. But I, I'm, I'm going to give it to their credit, and I think that's kind of what they had in mind. I think it is kind of like this, you know, these adults making these stupid fart jokes or having a farting be a centerpiece of the film. What well, is a, a huge centerpiece. Like, yeah, it is, yeah. uh, but then it, it gets it's to the got point, some symbol, symbolic value. But then it, it gets to the point where, yeah, exactly. It gets to the point where it's, it's greater than that, but it doesn't necessarily put so much importance on it in terms of comedy. It uses it in different ways, which I think is why um, it ends up being, like, an okay element yeah. in the film, especially near the end where I'm just kind of like... Oh shit! The, that actually kind of works, but I I'll stick with I you get, on that. The first twenty minutes of the saying. film, I'm kind of like, eh. Even maybe even less. Maybe the first like ten fifteen. That's like one thing I w- I will say like right off the bat. Um, I think the pacing in this movie is not very good. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. I, like it's really dragged for me during the middle, like a lot. I th- I think it was fucking early on where it started dragging for me. Like before they get to the really imaginative stuff. Right, and yeah. even a little bit at the end, I almost thought it I dragged thought on a touch. After that, to be honest, like the imagine stuff happened pretty quickly to me, at least. But that's the thing is, like, I feel like there's only only like three key moments of this movie I remember, and yeah. the rest kind of just exists in the movie. Finding and discovering, yeah, uh, yeah, the Swiss Army Man the skills, moments we like, and the whimsical the moments, and then the ending. Yeah, and I think that's the three. I think yeah, he could, there's probably some stuff that could have been maybe shaved down. Well, actually, that's the, that's think. that's where I think it just it's, it's a movie's flaw is because I don't think so because or I don't know where because the movie's only an hour and a half and we were praising it in the first half about that because like I like a good hour and a half movie, but it's like mm-hmm. the movie's pretty short as is in terms of feature. I just think the pacing's off it, 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 in terms of maybe some of the direction and it's funny because there's a lot of really good directing in this movie, but it's like almost like. It's almost the issue where I think when you're watching this movie for the second time, you kind of know the bigger picture. And so because of that, it doesn't, the time that it takes to develop that bigger picture becomes a lot more apparent and the time wanes on you. You see the space in between. I don't think that's a first viewing issue. I definitely think that's something, particularly for the second viewing, that's why I bring Mm -hmm. it up because I definitely didn't feel that the first time around. This time, yeah, I mean, there was good almost 20 minutes of this movie, if not more. I'll be honest with you, that I really was just kind of bored with because it was really just regurgitating the same ideas over and over again yeah by the time they got to the bear scene that was kind of right exactly that totally yeah yeah i know what you're talking about the well there's a bear scene and spoiler alert but you already know that yeah second um, half we're full spoilers right now um 
towards the second half of the movie, there's a scene where um, a bear kind of invades their camp as they run into, uh, as they finally get service on the phone they have with them um, and discover that this girl uh, whom they've had a crush on the whole movie um, is with a guy and Daniel Radcliffe's character who plays like, I don't know, it's, it's like maybe the embodiment, uh, his, the innocent embodiment of, um, Paul Dano's uh, yeah. psyche. Well, I think we'll probably touch on that more, but totally, yeah. anyways, the, he, the Daniel Radcliffe gets mad at Paul Dano because Paul Dano led him on in a certain way, but it's only because, uh, Daniel Radcliffe's naive to, to not see it that way. And they get into this squabble at the same time a bear comes and it's kind of, a lot um, happens. <laughs> like it's a like, lot happens, but it does, it feels like it, that, it do, do, and a lot doesn't need to happen. Well, that's totally. I fucking agree with you 100%, man. Like, that was one thing I wrote down somewhere in this fucking novel I wrote for some goddamn reason. Uh, but I remember just thinking to myself, like, this movie just mixing together so many things that, like, are within the constraints of the film and exist in the film and I think work on their own but they're cramming this mixture a lot of the time. Yeah. Where it's like, it's like, it's funny because the movie's moving really fast. I still, think, I still think the pacing's off because it's like the f- beginning moments of when they're talking about like um, he's explaining the idea of how things are weird and how there's love and life and these really like high concept ideas that are present. He's pretend- presenting to the, Yeah, he's, he's presenting to bringing him. that up to Daniel Radcliffe as Daniel yeah. Radcliffe takes consciousness. But also in the way that is if almost like you're teaching a child kind of thing and he's really taking the, uh, the position of a teacher and it's kind of like, you know, the idea of, like, you're teaching your students, we also learn from your students. And, and yeah. It's kind of that concept. And mm-hmm. So he's teaching uh, Daniel Radcliffe's character, which is Manny, by the way, I guess. Um, and mm-hmm. he, through that, he learns who he is. But the thing is, is, like, the first act in which that happens, I think, is around the time they make the bus kind of thing. Yeah. That's lovely and beautiful and I think is really um, heartwarming and, you know, says a lot about uh, the way we interact in this current age but then it does and that what's again acceptable and, and whatnot yeah and but they, then it repeats it like over and over again to the point where like yeah when you're talking about the bear scene happens it's also this kind of adventurous uh climax of sorts it, it falls flat for me really honestly yeah. i don't know but the yeah the thing is is I, well i totally agree with you and i and not to say that it's a bad movie by any means i still no, recommend no. this movie to some people to see, though I think if you're gonna recommend it to someone like your dad, maybe not a good. Well, it's a it, to me it's depending. like a it's, it's a one note kind of film because it's the kind of thing that you can really work and surprise someone on the first viewing. Yeah. But this time around, I think it's that surprise factor or the absurdity of the film is just not as effective. Yeah, and and I think the bear scene's a good moment for that. For me, honestly, for, for whatever reason, this time around. I thought leading up to whatever I had pictured from the first viewing of the movie and whatever my uh, my brain picked up from the first time around, um, I thought the movie really kind of kick-started um, once they fell into this valley after first being scared of what we right. later find out to be yeah, the bear. Yeah, you're, you're totally right, man. That's, it's yeah. like that's kind of where the movie really kick-starts for me because everything else leading up to that is kind of like hurry up and get there. I don't know. That's, uh, that's kind of yeah. what it felt like for me. Um, mind you on the first viewing, you don't 
you you don't understand how whimsical and wild it's going to get on the second viewing like you mentioned before you know that it's going to get to this whimsical kind of wild place and it seems in comparison that when they're not there they just should be there already well and that's kind of yeah no i totally think you're correct like i think it's that time you're talking about where they go into this valley and it was kind of this exciting moment where things like kickstarted for yourself and this time around that for me was the moment where things were dragging in a way like by the time they got there i was just kind of like okay now they're here and let's see where like by the time the bus scene happened like just before the bus scene. yeah yeah oh really i was just kind of like okay let's get going and then finally that happened to me and i was like okay great i love this and like that's when everything i love about this movie begins and i and and it works for me in a lot of ways and it's gorgeous and they have this kind of like uh you know this this fade and dreamlike, uh, you know, airiness to the, it has the like camera a, work, and it feels like a daydream, but yet it's almost like a CoverGirl commercial or something. Like it's, it feels like a Wes Anderson. It has like a Wes Anderson e sort of aesthetic when they're doing the bus. Yeah, scene. well, I mean, like ha- when, has his, like, has when his, he's got his twigs yeah. and his, and maybe not maybe not so much the filmography, but like the set design kind of. But the set design in this movie is good a lot of the time. Yeah, it is. But I'm, I guess what I'm referring to is like specifically Moonrise Kingdom, where, well, it's woodsy first of all, right, it's uh, rustic kind of handmade. Yeah, yeah. and it kind of also feels like fucking too good to be true handmade almost yeah 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 like it's, um, it's manufacturer handmade or something like that yeah but it, it is very cool like uh paul what happens is basically paul dano's character recreates um a scenario for daniel radcliffe to uh interact with the girl that they both have a crush on yeah. So they're in a they're in a bus, and I don't know. We might have to talk a little bit about the elements of that a little bit more. Yeah, sure. I mean, those are those are the elements that I think I like a lot. Where it's he's basically, as we were mentioning earlier, really uh, learning from his interactions with uh, this farting Swiss Army man character played by yeah, Daniel Radcliffe, playing on his insecurities almost. It's yeah. exactly what he's doing. And the thing is, is I think it's more or less like a coping mechanism we were talking about, where like he's really right. l- he's really. Um, putting himself out there and being vulnerable to the point where he's f- literally facing the issues in his life. Yeah. Where, like he's the embodiment of the issues in his life and he's kind of saying... Like he becomes the teacher he needed. Exactly, yeah. yeah. He, and he's. I mean, I think I made a weird analogy where it's kind of like when you're a kid, some people have like a, a imaginary friend. Yeah. And it's like you experience those things with them to kind of grow with yourself to the point where maybe you don't need your imaginary friend or you... Um, You've become your own person, and he yeah. really was lo- lost himself in an idea of a life he wanted, but then found who he really was by interacting with not only his own thoughts, but someone who supported him. Yeah, and yeah. what he thought he wanted, or kind of a thing, or uh, he, well, he kind of puts it towards the end of the movie as he finally knows what it's like to have someone love him. Right, and that's that's really interesting, which, right? Because which I think is weird because it, it almost seems as though he thinks his dad didn't love him, and when his dad almost did to try try to show him love, he was fucking too stubborn to see it. It is kind of this. It is kind of that moment, right, where you kind of have to. I don't know because it's funny. The character feels like a character, but he also kind of feels like a blank slate for like people who are outcasts and people who are uh, troubled or you know are depressed and things like that. Yeah. But then you're right. There are these moments where he's kind of selfish and yeah. he's kind of uh, really in his own head, and it gets to the point where there's a little bit of um, inconsistency with that. And that's yeah, a really there's good example an Im- of it. imbalance there, oddly. Um, 
because you'd almost expect him. And again, this could be the direction they're trying to go with the film because they're obviously trying to go for something a little bit more wacky. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's that moment where it's like you would think he would all of a sudden realize that his dad did love him the whole time. And dad, thanks yeah. for showing up when you got the call. That, but they you know, skip all that. You know, they they don't want they don't want to focus on that. Instead, it's really like. A, you know, it's I don't know. It's kind of kind of feels like a millennial film. You know, people always make the idea like millennials are so selfish and like they only care about themselves. Yeah. To me, it's kind of like confronting that, but then also, well, maybe it's critiquing that. In like, a way. I would, yeah. I, I would go as far to say that it is critiquing that because I don't necessarily think, although uh, Paul Dano's character uh, Hank is kind of our uh, protagonist and kind of our every day, every man in the film, and to a degree, at the same time, you see his insecurities, so you. Unless you relate with him personally, the average goer won't. Yeah. So I think even him being selfish or being kind of this, you know, play an important part in his character. Yeah, and I think because of that, it actually kind of works. And the more I think about it, it's kind of smart actually because it, it is able to, you know, get across like the blank slate ideas of in, being insecure and right. needing someone with you, but at the same I mean, time being his own person. The only connection that I I. I, that kind of makes a little more sense to me and I get what you're saying but the connection that makes sense is uh, to me is uh, kind of that uh, the fact that he felt his dad didn't love him was rooted in his own insecurities which right, in yeah. a way were a reflection of his dad like maybe raising him or how his dad brought him yeah, up yeah because he's kind of a relatively thing. a single father well the way that he is almost fathering daniel radcliffe into the world right. um is is maybe how he wished his dad would have fathered him into the world so by teaching daniel radcliffe eventually that you know you know farts aren't weird People think they're weird, but they're not weird. Let them out. Be yourself kind of a thing. Yeah, let your freak that, flag fly. Yeah. And so there you go. by the time the fucking, uh, by the time his dad came around to see him doing some weird shit close to the end of the movie when uh, Daniel Radcliffe's body's getting wrapped up um, and, and and Paul Dano runs off with it and his dad doesn't accept that he's running off with this dead body. Are you crazy? Do you know what your mom would think right now? Well, it is pretty crazy to be fair. It is fucking nuts, absolutely. <laughs> but I think what Dan, or what Paul Dano's character wants is him, his dad to love and accept him no matter what like fucking an, an stupid or crazy kind of stuff. Yeah, no matter how weird society might perceive things, he expects that his right. dad would love him in a certain way, which is that selfishness again, but yeah. also... Um, kind of makes it and towards once we get to the final beach scene his dad kind of gives him the nod of approval yeah I mean we don't really even see his there. father a lot besides some flashbacks and that end scene right yeah but I don't know it is yeah it is kind of interesting because he describes his family life and he's pretty like he's pretty personal and very introspective with uh, Daniel Radcliffe and kind of really just kind of talking to a blank slate and we from there on, we see Daniel Radcliffe, like, grow and evolve into a, a functioning human again kind of thing. And it's kind of like he's, like, uh, it's like a worker level of therapy kind of where he's, like, getting all of his energy out onto something else. He's projecting his own self onto yeah, someone else. Yeah, it'd be like writing the last page in a journal or something. It right, yeah. full now or something And like I that. honestly, like, I mean, I, I, I do think, uh, I think our criticism on saying how he's a little selfish, I think that's valid. And I think... You know, I don't necessarily yeah. think that's 
you know, a good quality to have more or less, but whatever, people are selfish. I don't know. <laughs> but I do think that that is actually one of the strongest points of this film, how it's really this kind of buddy film, this buddy adventure film in a way, kind of, sort of, but yet it's these really high concept themes that are presented in really um, acceptable ways, which to me is still baffling because I think the first 20 minutes of this movie are so inaccessible. They're so, like, hard to take in and really pushes away yeah, the audience because it's, immediately. It's, yeah, uh, it does. It's just exactly. so strange. It's absurd. But then we get to this moment where you see this loner guy who was about to kill himself, which I forgot at the beginning of the movie, by the way, yeah. uh, connect with a dead corpse, and it's a sweet, heartfelt moment. And I don't know. That's, that's the coolest connection it draws. Yeah, that's I mean, the coolest thing this movie does for sure. You're right. I totally agree with you. I guess, like, I, I wrote this little bit saying that, like, it confronts comfortable and unmentional aspects of the day-to-day human interaction, but then breaks them down so simply to, like, what matters most, which I think is humans need connection and interaction with one another and need, need to level out with one each other and yeah, they find need, common ground. And they need to feel that, uh, you know, they love each other, not just I like you, I love you. Right, it's like, no one-sided affairs. You, it's really yeah. mutual. Yeah, and I think... It's it's a little self-serving uh, in the way that, like, basically he's um, finding common ground with himself, in a way, you could almost say. Yeah. Like but at the same time, you could call that maybe, like, a self-love kind of thing, which, I don't know, like, I don't know mm-hmm. much about that. That's not my area, but I think well, I think that is, that that's that there's a little importance with that, I think. You know, like, I, I think, I don't know if it's a major aspect of the film, but it, re- it at the end of the day, I think it is really about him coming into his own and accepting him who, for who he is. Yeah. Himself for who he is. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's the that would be the overall message behind the film. Um, it is hidden in some nonsense, which is just plain fun and, and kind of, uh, well, I guess it's a, it's, it's a unique way of telling this specific story. Right. But I want to bring up a, a point where... Um, you know, at cert- there's a certain point in the movie where the movie almost tries to point you in the direction of uh, Daniel Radcliffe totally being this representation of Paul Dano's imagination. And then they have fun with it, and then they make the character of Daniel Radcliffe at the end of the movie very real. Yes, By yeah, farting yeah. away into the ocean. Beautiful. They yeah, I mean that is so, beautiful actually, honestly, in, in a way. <laughs> exactly. So instead of when by the time uh, Paul to help Paul Dano gets rescued or finds his way back home, instead of Daniel Radcliffe returning to a dead corpse, like maybe after watching this movie you might have expected, right? Um, and becoming a, you know, and him realizing that's his own projection of what he, or uh, of what he needed at that point in time instead of a good friend of his they take it the other way and say no he really did exist he really was a dead body body who farted which i kind of i kind of liked it it brings I like think. the yeah brings the absurdity and like the sur- surreal nature of the film to reality and it's yeah. kind of like a ha to those people like people who don't believe other people are naysayers kind of thing exactly and i can't help but feel like the guys or the the sorry the guys or the girls the people behind this movie um are maybe just these weird eccentric people who share maybe the same ideals like love and sensitivity or whatever with anyone else but they hide it in this well realm of like whimsy or weird or something like that you know what i mean i think maybe they're just trying to what this film is trying to do is just get across that those ideas are really relatable to everyone and some, in, some way sir, it's, yeah. small or large you know like, yeah. and I think that works and that, that's the you know that whimsy we're talking about that's just what really held up for me this time around 
But again, totally. like only in certain aspects, because it's the kind of thing where I often wonder, like, would this movie be better as like a short film? Where that's uh, that's how uh, yeah. totally I was thinking that it's while like, watching. Would it, this yes. be just a good like I don't know like thirty minute short film or something and like I, that? Yeah, and I, I did mention that it would. It was a. It was totally seems like a film festival movie. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I mean, and it I was a Sundance favorite, way, and it, it it's it is. I mean, it is for the weirdos, right? In a way, this is the kind of movie. That, that well, it's experimenting with weird ideas. But it's even then, kinda, it's it's really out there, and it, it's strange. Um, quick notes. I also wrote just like the music really fucking stood up for me again. I really liked it this time around. Held up. You know, some I I I didn't necessarily pick out and notice a lot of the music. That might be an issue a, with maybe like a, a theater gesture. setting to uh, just sitting down and watching it. Yeah, and you know, maybe it's actually a good thing that it just blended in with the film so much. I yeah. Did you like, think it was distracting the first viewing or no? I didn't. I didn't feel that it was distracting. Uh, no, I thought I honestly I I can't say I really thought about it too too much at all. Oh, I liked yeah. the Jurassic Park theme song I, th- I liked that that was his comforting song before he tried to kill himself i are thought that a, was kind of funny are you a jurassic park fan i guess generally speaking yeah i don't really know much about jurassic park um i remember this is a dark story actually i remember watching jurassic park for the first time when 9-11 happened all right okay uh like, but i remember like like as it was happening like my parents turned on the news in every bedroom and said that you know we had to watch this was a crazy day in history kind of a thing and stuff like that. Uh, but I was really excited to watch Jurassic Park afterwards as a kid, Dang. Or as a younger. Person. That is dark. So you associate Jurassic Park with 9/11? Vaguely, time. but I do like the movie, not the event. I've saw, I've seen the first one like years ago. I barely remember it. I don't know much about it. I haven't yeah. seen though. Have you seen Jurassic World? I have seen Jurassic World. That's yeah. a, as a, we can talk about this later, maybe. But I'm just a little curious. Well, I mean, <laughs> if yeah, I, I need mean, to know more about the Jurassic Park world because everyone loves it, but I don't really get it. Okay, so I think it's the world they created. Not necessarily that the movie's about a dinosaurs, but it's the world that they created around right. it. It's this like realm of possibility. Kind of like and how it's not about farts. It's about how people interact with <laughs> Yeah. Is it just one big Jurassic Park ripoff? <laughs> I don't know. No, Jurassic World is okay. Okay. It's okay. I'll like, keep it wasn't that. Like, I, always, I always associate Jurassic World with Force Awakens because they were kind of like the big franchise comebacks. Yeah. Like, is Force Awakens better than Jurassic World, or is World better than Force Awakens? Oh, uh, like Force Awakens Like better? Star Wars. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good to know. So, yeah. I'll, I'll watch it one day. If it's on Netflix, I'll check. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll peep game. I'm curious. I'm just, I'm actually generally curious because... Oh, I got a question for the audience, actually. Um, there, was a, there was a point where Netflix was brought up twice in the movie. Right. Do you think that they were paid for that, seeing as the movie in Canada is not on Netflix right now. I forgot about the Canada aspect. It very well could be in the States, man. We could be wrong. Who knows? We could be totally wrong. But that's nonetheless, I think that's a good question for the audience. Yeah, let us know. We want to know because I'm curious too. Like, how could you just blatantly mention Netflix and then not have Netflix help you out a little bit? Yeah. Especially a low-budget movie like this that would need a Netflix push. I'm just saying. Yeah. And this is kind of something that honestly might do well on Netflix. Oh, totally. I mean, I, I bet she was on there at one point, but we may have missed it. To be Maybe. I, they I they never keep things um, for very long, I find. Yeah. <laughs> I find that the hard way. Um, one other mo- thing I wanted to bring up was just that I thought Daniel Radcliffe was really fucking good in this movie, actually. He was really good, like, yeah. He's almost a standout in a way. Like, I mean, I, I liked him the first time around, like, well enough, but he just didn't blow me away. But 
I gotta say, he was really fucking great. Well, taking into the account how they might have shot this movie and the way his voice changes and grows throughout the movie and the tone of his voice throughout as well, I thought it was super good. I thought it definitely stood out from his Harry Potter performance. <laughs> well, yeah, or I mean, any other performance. So we talked about that in the first half. But like too. he's so yeah, he's really his own self in this and really works that way. Like I don't really know if he was like a all on him for the vocal changes or if there was more like editing that went to that to like you know, become more audible or less audible as the film progressed. Right. But nonetheless, like, still a good performance, and he brought a lot of life to a dead character. It's the best way to put it. Like, <laughs> it's, it's really good. And it, it, yeah. it did turn out very well, and I think him and Paul Dano worked well together. Yeah, I mean, and like, their, their interaction with one another, and I think the writing in this film is just really fucking well done, mm-hmm. but I think like it's the kind of thing where these guys have made short movies short films and music videos their whole lives it sounds harsh but i don't know if they were cut out to make a feature yet i don't know like it seems like it's it's really i'd say i think it's a good start it's better than spread right well i mean i guess fair enough the guy went on to make hell or <laughs> who high knows water. if yeah if the guy who made spread went from spread to hell or high water then the guys not who directly, made swiss to army be fair, he did have some films in between all right not directly but, but clarify, still to clarify but, if yeah. if the guys who make Swiss Army Man, which you know I consider a good movie, yeah, definitely yeah. I don't consider it a bad movie. Definitely Why not a bad no, movie. No, no. I think I think we did a pretty good job of uh, laying out our likes and dislikes this time around. To be honest, I think it's yeah. I think we did a good job of figuring out what was really successful the second time and what wasn't. Because I think like we both loved this movie the first time it was on our top tens. Like I mean, there's a reason it was good. Um, well, it was definitely a standout movie. Like it stood out amongst the crowd. It ended up being pushed down, like by a lot of good ones from near the end of the year. Yes, but yeah. still was like, well, yeah, it's a standout because yeah. it's very different. Um, the only thing I will say though is I just think there's too much crammed into this movie that kind of get away from the messages trying to tell and. Also, the message you're trying to tell gets repetitive. It's as if they got on a roll of what they were doing in yeah. the middle of the movie and forgot to pull up and look at the whole movie again really quick. But it's like the... I wrote a little thing here saying, like, only by the end of the film is it really clear how fantastic this movie is and how everything comes together so well. Mm-hmm. But that's the detriment in terms of, I guess, what we're, what we're doing here is that ending feels so splendid the first time. But in the second viewing, it's just kind of all you really wanted to get up to. Kind of like the La La Land effect, where you just want that like yeah. that final finish. It's, it's to a degree. True. Yeah. But um, with that being said, Daniel, would you recommend Swiss Army Man for a second viewing? Yes. Yes, I would. Uh, because I think it's worth uh, seeing what makes this movie great on a more detailed level. Okay. I'm going to, I'm actually going to say that like I wouldn't recommend it on a second viewing. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that. I think watch the film. If you've never seen it, check out it, because I think it's a movie that actually stands on its originality and stands on the shock factor the first time around, but I really think that it doesn't succeed in what you feel and the emotional reaction you get. Kind of this overwhelming sense you get the first time. To me, I don't think that is apparent enough or well executed throughout the runtime to feel that way the second viewing if these moments where i'm saying the pacing is off and things are dragging if those are more moments where there was more um wow or things that were getting me more developed in the wow (laughs) the wow i don't know what that means but (laughs) the wow factors of the film this whimsy we're talking about then i think i would still feel this way the second time around but 
that's my opinion. I'm just going to say that. I, I don't want to talk this movie down in terms of bad news bears. I think it's a good flick to check out. Mm-hmm. But it didn't quite hold up for me as a movie that I would like to watch in multiple viewings. And right. That's just where I'm at with that. I, 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 yeah, and I, I guess I'm saying to me it was worth watching twice. Um, but I would for sure check out something like the Star Wars The Force Awakens <laughs> two times before. Do we, need a, do we need a new show, like third viewing, <laughs> the fourth viewing? What holds up? Fuck. We're going to have to do it. Uh, I don't know. But, that, 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 I mean, I still just want to say that definitely check it out. I think it's a mm-hmm. good flick. And it's so unlike anything out there. And I think it's very original in what it's trying to do and what it does succeed at. But I, I think it tries to do a little too much in moments that the second time around you're you're not feeling it as well, but that's just me. Yeah. Any closing thoughts for you, yourself, Daniel? No, I think that's a good place that's to leave it. it. Well, should I we think tell? We said it all. Should we tell people how they can reach us and where they can find us on the internet? Uh, always feel free to check us out on Patreon if you do uh, like the podcast and you feel like subscribing and helping us get uh, a little bit more into the set, rearranging, getting some better lights, putting a little bit more effort uh, in, into uh, vids as we have time and, and you know don't have to work our day jobs as much, that kind of a thing. Also, <laughs> feel free to check us out on uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, social media, and SoundCloud where you can download the podcast directly. Yeah, that's true. That's a fun little fact. Some people have been doing that. I've been noticing that. That's cool. Follow us there. Subscribe on YouTube. Smash that motherfucking like button. Smash that motherfucking <laughs> like button. Share with your friends. Uh, as always, guys, this has been The Second Viewing. I'm Kyle. I'm Dan. See you guys later.